to the Snow Fighters Institute podcast, where we hear directly from some of the most interesting people in the professional snow and ice management industry to learn about their successes, to hear about the challenges they faced along the way, and to have their perspective on critical issues facing our industry today. I'm your host, Phil Harwood. Before I introduce today's special guest, I'd like to invite you to follow our social media feeds and check out our upcoming events at snowfightersinstitute.com. Well, hey everyone, please join me in welcoming Carlos Del Pozo. Carlos is one of the co-founders of Team Engine. And if you're not familiar with Team Engine, they're focused on helping blue collar businesses build better teams, um, helping them recruit more effectively, improving team cohesiveness, and you know, just ultimately driving higher levels of employee engagement, retention, and profitability. And that's exactly what we all need today in this brutal labor market. So welcome, Carlos. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, Phil. Happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. So let's get into it. Let's talk about this labor situation. Um, you know, I've been around for a while. I've been uh, in is thir- year thirty five or thirty six of my career. So you know, you know, I've seen some ebbs and flows in the labor situation over the years. I recall a really serious labor shortage that we had in the nineties. And, um, you know, I thought that was terrible, like almost couldn't even survive it, but it's really nothing compared to what's happening right now. And this is, it's amazing what's happening. It's a global situation uh, that's really, hasn't really crept up on us because we've, it's been with us for a while, but it's becoming dire and we're seeing the implications of it everywhere. So talk to us about what's going on here, like. Is there any end in, any end insight to this and and what's happening? Yeah. I'd love to hear your perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start by saying that uh, I'm not an economist, <laughs> but um, understand. You know, I, I think that I've seen uh, seen or heard probably a lot of the same explanations that the you and your listeners have, whether it's a, a mismatch between you know the jobs we have and the jobs that people want or, you know, the effects of the pandemic or, uh, you know, benefits, or even just that, you know, that millennials are lazy. Um, You know, I've heard all those same things too. But what I can tell you is that, you know, one reason that we started Team Engine is that uh, I went out looking to buy a small services company. And in that experience, I thought that this was a big enough problem that I, you know, decided not to buy a company and decided to go solve this problem instead and you know that was almost seven years ago so it's a problem that you know has only gotten worse i think i'm just curious what kind of company we're looking for basically uh any kind of company that had an office with folks in the field so looked at okay uh, folks in you know different companies in a lot of different industries and that turns out to be the same kind of customers that we now serve at team engine right yeah, so um, you know, I mean, obviously Neil and I have created Grow the Bench, and you know, uh, we're involved with Snow Fighters Institute now, and and um, really trying to help companies, um, you know, do better on behalf of their employees, like with recruiting, onboarding, retention, culture, training, 
uh, we're really focused on that. So I, we we share a lot of common ground here, and I've yep. you know I've written extensively on this topic of the labor situation, and I I think I'm I'm kind of done writing about why it's happening because I think mm. like everyone's to the point where they kind of know why it's happening. They don't. Yeah. No, no. Nobody wants to talk about that anymore. It's really about well, what are we going to do about it because it's probably right. not going to go away anytime soon. So what's the solution? You know, is there anything we can do about? It? I think. I've I've heard some people just say I'm getting out of the industry. It's yep. time to sell. It's time to let someone else do this. I'm I'm done. Especially yep. the baby boomers, you know, you know who who do feel that you know there's no there's no way out of this. You know, we have mm-hmm. a, a generation of people who, for whatever reason, you know, they see is not willing to work, um, yep. and have lots of motivations to not work and all those things. And some of that's true, but there's a lot of you know, young, young folks that are really great people that want to work and are very mm-hmm. productive. And so, Absolutely. you know, I think the, the, one of the dangers here, and I'm curious if you would agree with me is, is mm-hmm. painting these broad strokes about, you know, the snowflakes and the, the bean bags mm-hmm. and the avocado toast. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you, you, you kind of don't want to go there, right? Yeah, no, I, I think it's, uh, it, my impression, from talking to folks is, yeah, it's definitely uh, can be easy to get discouraged um, and to look for reasons. And yeah, it's, it is very, very sad to hear that folks are, rather than trying to address uh, and solve the problem, uh, sort of throwing up their hands. Um, but you definitely do hear that. Um, I think, unfortunately, you know, in terms of what the problem, uh, the solution to the problem actually is, you know, there really isn't any silver bullet, which I think makes it even even more discouraging potentially, is that there is no like single solution that, you know, everybody can go just do this one thing tomorrow and all of a sudden their you know, problems will be solved. So it, it requires just like a, you know, a little bit more uh, effort and, and focus to figure out where the opportunities lie for any given company. Because I think even for individual companies, you know, the problems could be vastly different. So they each have to sort of go on that journey themselves. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well said. Um, and just to piggyback on that, uh, you know, um, I, it is, it is difficult when you look at, when you really open up your eyes and you say, um, you look in the mirror and you say, wow, we have a lot of work to do in terms of culture, team building, collaboration, communication, maybe our facilities, our standards. And you look at all those things and you go, wow, like that's going to take a lot of effort and some time to fix. Mm -hmm. But we have an immediate crisis. We need people today. We don't have enough people to get our work done. So it's like, yeah, I want to, I want to work on culture and those are great things. I wish it was better today. I can't fix that today. Today I need people in my trucks. And right. so that's the panic is, yep. is I, I need a solution today. And, yep. um, so, and I, I'm really excited to hear about some of the things that team engine has to offer because, um, there's some folks on the call here who have never heard of team engine before. Of course. And, um, so, you know, that's one of the reasons we wanted to invite you to come on and tell us a little bit about it and help us mm-hmm. understand what it is and, and how we can get involved if we're interested. So, yeah. um, yeah, let me just open in a question. Just tell us what team engine is. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So the way to think about team engine is it's basically a, a toolkit for small and medium size 
you know, blue collar businesses uh, to build a sustainable people engine. So, you know, like I mentioned, when I talked to you, uh, business owners and looked at the solutions that existed, I found that a lot of the focus is pretty narrowly uh, placed on just generating applicants, uh, but actually like success in hiring and in keeping people and therefore growing and meeting the demand that you have. Uh, there's a lot more that goes into it than just getting applicants, you know, cause there's a big difference between a resume on the screen and a person actually like walking through the door, ready to work and excited to work. And then that person still being there 30, 90, you know, uh, 365 days later. So basically what we set out to do with Team Engine is build that toolkit that went beyond just applicant generation. Uh, it includes applicant generation, but it, it goes to all those other things that go into that process into creating that, that actually beneficial cycle of hiring and retention. Uh, some of which you may be doing today, uh, but the goal is to make them happen more consistently and with less cost and effort, uh, as well as you know, help you do some things that you may not be doing today, but should. Yeah, good. Okay, good. Lots of things running through my mind right now that I want to circle back to. Of course. But uh, what's what's unique about blue collar? You specifically said blue collar. So talk to us about yep. that. Yeah, so when I looked at the solutions that existed, um, you know, when I talked to the business owners and kind of identified this as a problem, uh, especially in terms of software, just a lot of the things that existed are, you know, pretty clearly built for an office-based workforce. And that makes sense. You know, you can imagine the folks that are actually, you know, creating the solutions or creating solutions for problems that they're familiar with. Um, but, you know, the dynamic of a, you know, blue collar, what we sometimes call deskless workforce is there's this, this distinction between, uh, or this di distance between the place where the uh, the office and admin and managers are spending uh, much of their day and where a lot of the workforce is. The workforce is at a, a work site or, uh, you know, on a route, um, you know, they're not in the office. They may be there in the morning. They may be there at the end of the day, but uh, they're not there. And so there's a, a lot that goes that's different about the dynamic uh, of that blue collar workforce that the solutions that are built uh, doesn't really address. Uh, and so what we set out to do is specifically get at those unique uh, challenges that those blue collar companies have to make uh, solutions that work for them. Okay, okay. Can you give us an example of something that would fall into yeah. that category? Yeah, absolutely. So probably one of the foremost uh, for us is, you know, we looked at the solutions and, and you know, uh, found that communication is a pretty key component of execution probably not a huge surprise, but a lot of the solutions that exist out there are pretty focused around email uh, and or around phone calls. Now, the phone format for uh, a blue collar workforce is just not the best uh, because you know folks are just so used to getting calls from numbers they don't recognize uh, at this point and just not answering them. So especially with hiring and with applicants, you end up trying to get in touch with an applicant that's just not going to answer your call. Mm -hmm. And then on the email side, uh, you know, folks in the office use email a lot, but the folks out in the field don't use it quite as much. Uh, and so it's just not consistent. They're not as consistently checking 
uh, and you know, responding and all that kind of stuff. So if, again, if you're reaching out to an applicant over email, you're probably going to end up being you know, two ships passing in the night again. Texting is, in our experience and what we found, by far the most effective. Even if you yourself are not a big texter, 99% um, of texts are read. So by sending a text uh, and using that format to just get your message across, uh, you're much more likely to allow the rest of the conversation to happen. Uh, and we saw this, especially in the hiring process. That's really where we started building solutions. Uh, but then what we saw was when folks utilized texting in the hiring process and they got folks hired, those applicants that became employees continued to want to text. And it just sort of dawned on us that this wasn't just the effective way of getting turning resumes into real people, but it was also the best way to engage that workforce that was, you know, not in the office uh, with all the important communications that you need to have. Hmm. It really makes sense. Um, you know, from my own personal experience, just I'll always return to tax, like almost immediately, no matter what I'm doing, even if I'm in the middle of something else, like, cause it only takes yep. a second. And, yep. you know, someone calls me on the phone, I'm like, oh, why is this person calling me? And it goes to voicemail and then yep. I have good intentions of returning it. And then sometimes, you know, um, I'll just shamelessly admit, you know, I don't return it right away. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I heard a speaker one time talking about Gen Z and like, oh, they don't like talking on the phone, but they'll text all day long. I'm like, mm. OK, I just I just told you I'm the same way. So I don't know if it's really Gen Z. It's just it's just yep. easier. You know, yes. it just really Absolutely. is. Um, yep. But to, but to think about, I'm sorry, go ahead. One of the other things I was going to say is one of the great things about texting also that really plays into what the software does is that it's, it's pretty automatable. So uh, you can really uh, utilize text within software to make a lot of the stuff happen fast uh, and consistently and to a certain standard. So for the communications that you want to standardize, which you know shouldn't be all, of course, because we you know, really strongly believe in also having a, uh, a personal you know, sort of relationship with applicants and of course with employees as well. But for those ones that you can and want to automate, uh, texting allows that. So you can you know, have a consistent, timely process, uh, which just makes everything work better. Yeah, I think that's what's, what's cool here because um even though we know that we all like to text and texting is effective, like to think about how to build that into your business process. You know, if you have someone who's doing recruiting, you know, are they really going to be comfortable from, you know, if you have a, let's say you have an administrative person in your office who's also handling yep. applications, are they really going to want to text from their personal phone? And it's just, yep. how do you do it? How do you administer that and, and make it yep. reliable and consistent and effective? Mm -hmm. I think, you need a tool. You need a tool to yep. do it. So yes. um, totally, Absolutely. totally makes sense. Okay. Thank you for walking us through that. Mm -hmm. um, so when it comes to generating applicants, you know, I hear from a lot of people that there's just nobody out there. You, there's no one applying, or if they do apply, they, they're, they're ghosting people. And I just, yep. I get, you get the sense that it's just pure desperation. There's nobody out there. So mm -hmm. like, do you guys have some secret door you go through to go find people or <laughs> how do you go about generating applicants? <laughs> We're, we are looking for that secret door as well. And, and so far haven't, haven't found it. Um, yeah. So our perspective on that is uh, that 
the best strategy for generating applicants is is really a broad strategy is is getting in front of a lot of different audiences and, and that's what we see uh, so often when we talk to folks is that you know uh, companies might be using one or two different strategies to try to get folks you know probably the most common is a job board uh, you know most people are going onto a job board and posting a job and hoping that there are active job seekers on there that are going to see it. But the, the problem with that is that, um, you know, especially in this current labor situation, the number of active job seekers is just much less than it, it has been in the past. And the number of competitors for those active job seekers is more. So you can't exclusively rely on that. You can, you definitely should you know, I'm definitely not saying that folks should stop doing that. That's an absolutely essential uh, component of the strategy, but it can't be the only one. Uh, and you know, some of what we do also is you know, um, try to make that strategy more effective uh, for folks, uh, particularly through the, the communication and the automation again. But beyond that, uh, probably the second most common that I hear is uh, people are using word of mouth. And word of mouth you know, or, or referrals are, are really great because, and there's all kinds of benefits for having a referral. Uh, you know, that's somebody that's vetted by somebody in your company, that person, you know, should know what they're getting themselves into as far as the work. Um, there's just a lot of benefits to it. But the problem is that it's not, it's not very scalable. Uh, you know, it, it can be sporadic at best. And so it is important to, again, have that as part of your strategy and to make it as effective as you possibly can. But again, that alone is, is not sufficient. The other big bucket that a lot of people uh, are not getting in front of or are, uh, but you know, in, in different ways than we typically recommend is what we would call the passive audience. So those are all the folks out there that are not actively job seeking. They're currently employed they may be in the same type of job as the one you're hiring for or one that's similar. Uh, and they just haven't decided to start looking. They haven't talked to somebody in your company uh, about the jobs that you're hiring for, but they would be a good fit for your job. Uh, and just historically, there haven't been a lot of really great ways to get in front of those people. Uh, you know, you can run a radio ad, you can you know, put a billboard, you can put a sign up in front of uh, your yard or your office, which can be quite effective because many of these businesses you know, work in the same areas. Uh, but beyond that, there wasn't really a very targeted way to do that. And, and that's why we uh, built the capability for folks to also use social media as a means of getting in front of folks because uh, you know, social media and generally internet advertising is pretty sophisticated at this point. Uh, and it's really good at uh, you know, getting people to buy more stuff, uh, but the same sort of strategies can be applied to recruiting, which is also, you know, uh, a sales and marketing activity uh, at the end of the day to get in front of new audiences of job, potential job candidates for your job in a very targeted and relatively cost-effective way. So those are just like a few of the buckets, but at the end of the mm -hmm. day, what it's all about is, is not you know, tapping into any given one, uh, the solution is is making sure that you are tapping into all of them. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for going going over all that. I think that passive audience with with the social media connection can be really powerful. 
you know, I keep reading articles about, you know, you know, the millennials and Gen Z, they're, they're all, you know, um, they're all looking for something else. Like they're ready to bail. Yep. So, you know, I think mm-hmm. if there's an attractive something else to go to, if you can get that in front of them. And I think yep. that's the way to do it. You know, people are spending hours on social media every day. That's where yep. their eyes are. So mm-hmm. why not go there and put it in front of them? So are, are we talking about like pay-per-click advertising or just post um, just on, on a page or a mix or is there something else? Yeah, so there's two specific ways uh, that we tap into that audience. One is uh, Facebook itself has a uh, job board that it recently uh, put out, which we have found to be pretty effective uh, for the types of jobs that our customers are hiring for. Um, so that's an important one, and that's a pretty easy one to take advantage of. Uh, for so for the folks out there who you know haven't done that, I would recommend potentially considering that. The second one is more like the pay-per-click that you're describing, a more targeted uh, mm-hmm. type of ad um, that is specifically trying to get into the newsfeed for you know folks in the right uh, radius around the the place of work, and uh, that should be likely fits. That's more like uh, what that one's about. And one of the other things I wanted to build on what you said about the uh, social media is that yes, the you know, the audience of the folks that are actually going to see the ad is important as potential candidates for your jobs. But uh, it's also important to remember that those folks have, you know, kids, siblings, uh, you know, parents, uh, family for whom these type of ads may be relevant. Uh, and so you're really not just getting in front of the prospective candidate by going through this route. You're also potentially getting in front of somebody who can tell a prospective candidate about yeah. an opportunity that they saw. Um, so there's a, just a lot of power in that that network generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally makes sense. What about um, recruiting for subcontractors? You know, in the snow industry, a lot of companies are looking for, you know, service partners to grow their businesses. That's a really good model. Um, mm-hmm. They're always looking for more companies to add to the list. Do you can yep. can all these same processes apply to? looking for, you know, potential subcontractors? At the end of the day, again, it's all about, uh, you know, a different form of like sales and marketing. Um, And a lot of the same tools are going to be effective. Uh, You know, just getting in front of folks beyond the ones that you know about already. Um, These same tools are going to work there. Uh, It's not something that we uh, particularly focus on at team engine but we do have customers who use team engine to go out and look for uh and engage with subcontractors uh so uh yeah in general i i don't see any reason why it wouldn't work i kind of knew you were going to say that because i that was that was kind of a setup question you know in my experience i've hired thousands of subcontractors and mm-hmm. everything we're talking about here absolutely applies and i agree this is a, this is a sales and marketing um, initiative, um, recruit, mm-hmm. that's what recruiting is. Um, and I totally agree with you. You can't do one thing, you know, it used to be, you could only, you, you only had to recruit when you had an opening and you could just do one thing, the old standby, whatever it was. And that worked sign in the window. Yep. Um, yep. 
or or when I first started in business, it was open up the file cabinet, grab the manila folder with all mm-hmm. the paper applications and go through them. Right. <laughs> sort them <Yep>. by date. <laughs> yeah. And it was that simple. And call their yep. home and hope they were home because no one had an answering machine. Right. Things have changed. Um, well, uh, they've changed, <laughs> but you still run into that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. What about this ghosting? What do we do about that? Why Why do people say I'm going to show up for an interview and then never show up? Yeah. So ghosting is a pretty frustrating um, experience and fairly common one. Um, it's both frustrating and it also creates a lot of inefficiency for you know a business and a drag on people's time. So uh, we definitely run into that a lot. At some level, you you want people to ghost. Uh, if that's somebody that is going to uh, not show up for the interview, um, that's probably not necessarily a person that is going to be a good fit long term. But what we also see is that there are other uh, avoidable reasons for folks who ghost. And one of the big ones, two of the big ones are one, uh, timing, and two is information. So uh, on the timing side, you know, if you're looking for a job and you're applying for a job and you're presented with uh, an opportunity, uh, you're in general going to move on the first opportunity and the opportunity that seems most likely to get you a job first. And so what we often see is that uh, employers may be uh, taking too long to uh, engage with the applicants that they have. So they draw out the process or they don't schedule an interview as soon as possible. So by that time, you know, that applicant uh, who's also applying for other jobs has lined up another interview and gotten an offer. So they're no longer in the market. Uh, and so, you know, unfortunately they just don't show up for that job. It's because they've, you know, somebody else, uh, took better action. And then on the information side, uh, it is sometimes the case that just, uh, there's a, uh, miscommunication between the hiring manager and the applicant. Uh, and so that's another place where standardization, uh, of communication is really important, making sure that you are really clear about. Uh, you know, when the interview is, where it is, you know, uh, if, if it's confusing to get there, you know, providing all that uh, context, hey, you know, look for the second door around, you know, uh, on the corner of Broadway, you know, just making sure it's super clear. Um, just making sure that you you have all the information as the applicant and as you as the hiring manager are making sure the applicant has all the information that they need uh, to successfully attend that interview because it's not even just them showing up or not it's also them showing up prepared you know they they brought their driver's license if they need it they brought whatever the, whatever other documentation they need uh, just making sure that there's no reason why uh, that could fall through uh, can can also help yeah that makes sense um, and I think again that's where that texting can come in just make it super easy for them to communicate like hey I'm Something else came up because sometimes things come up and then you feel bad and you're like, yep. oh, well, screw it. I'm, I'm out anyway. They're, I'm, yeah. I'm done. You know, I'm not, now I'm embarrassed or, or mm-hmm. I've, I've, you know, I burned that bridge and everyone else is hiring. So I don't need to worry about it. Right. Whereas if I could, you know, communicate with someone, it wasn't a big deal. Like, hey, I'm not going to make it today. Can I catch you in the morning? Oh yeah, no problem. 
Like mm-hmm. if it's that simple, I would imagine your success rate would go up. Yep. And one of the things that we also found to be helpful, uh, you know, when you go to the dentist or you go to the doctor, you get a confirmation text because mm-hmm. it's something that, you know, doctors and, uh, and dentists in particular, for whatever reason, run into you in particular. Uh, and they've Nobody realized wants that to go to the dentist. Yes, that is definitely it. Um, <laughs> um, and they've just found that sending a text confirmation uh, can provide a lot of benefit uh, if for no other reason than the office, the dentist's office will have more information about who is likely to attend or not and, and can improve their, you know, just general time utilization. Uh, so that's something that we've also found to be pretty effective in the hiring process. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just sending that confirmation text uh, to try to get a confirmation uh, to have more visibility on who's coming in or not and making sure that they have, you know, uh, a, a reminder uh, that's close to when their actual interview is as well. What I'm hearing is nothing that's like, earth shattering, you know, mm-hmm. mind blowing. But yep. what I'm hearing is, is consistent attention to detail, being thoughtful, giving people, you know, the right, a whole lot of communication and yep. open door, um, and texting seems to be a good way. I mean, totally mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, yeah. so yeah. So, and the challenge is people can't do this on their own. They need a platform. Yep. They need a, a solution that can, can really help them administer right. all this. Right. Um, yeah. If you're, if you're a smaller, uh, smaller team and you're hiring very infrequently, you know, you can really put a lot of effort into this and, and, you know, cause you, it's just so much less frequent uh, and there's less of a need, but when you get to a certain size and consistency um, and level of need, and that also means that you have so much more other stuff, going on uh yeah that's when we find it's really important to come up with some kind of technology solution that's going to you know really make the process just work a lot smoother and be more successful as a result i think it's called team engine (laughs) that is that is an option all right so we've been we've been talking about recruiting and you mentioned that that's one one of the tools in the toolkit so Mm -hmm. what, what else is in the toolkit yeah, so when we when we first developed the solutions for recruiting, uh, you know, we we found that in particular text and automation was uh, was effective. What we saw is that when folks got hired through that experience, they continued to text, uh, and that's when we started to dig more into the ongoing you know employee experience and learn more about what communication looks like with current employees uh, at these businesses and found that really the same tools and concepts uh, really apply not just to applicants, but also to you know, your actual team and the communication with your team. So we, we went and talked to folks and found out, you know, how do you communicate with your team? Uh, and what we came back with was this sort of smorgasbord of stuff um, you know, we put a sign up somewhere, you know, reminding somebody about something. We tell supervisors to pass a message on to their teams. Uh, you know, I put a message on a pay stub and I potentially have to wait, you know, one to two weeks to get that message out there. 
and or I'm also sending an email to the folks who I have an email address for or have it. Uh, I may end up calling some folks. I may end up, you know, waiting around till 6 p.m. to catch somebody as they come back through the door to fill out a form. Uh, and we just realized that all this communication uh, that was either happening or not happening or happening inefficiently could also be addressed uh, with the same set of tools. Uh, and so we we built the capability to also utilize, again, texting and automation to improve engagement uh, with with the actual workforce itself. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, and, and what, a, what a need, especially today when people are dispersed. You know, you talked about, you know, the um, deskless employee who's out working on a crew, they're reporting to a job site. Maybe they're missing the morning huddles because they're reporting directly to a job site. I see that happen a lot. Yep. But where you have multiple, you know, uh, branches or operation hubs um, or just people working in different facilities, and and today, you know, I mean, I think it's it's pretty well established that a certain percentage of our workforce is always going to work virtually from now on. So mm -hmm. we're going to have dispersed people that need to know what's going on and mm -hmm. how do you effectively communicate with all these people yep. when they're all over the place? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and there there are other solutions that have uh, been developed for that sort of that remote. Uh, dynamic or that have really, you know, uh, uh, thrived as a result of it, like Slack and then Microsoft Teams has but gotten not into everyone's it. sitting at a desk. Exactly. Not everyone yeah. has a laptop open all day long. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. And also, you know, folks then say like, well, everybody has a smartphone, but the fact is that in a lot of businesses, not everybody does. And so as a result, you're still ending up going and utilizing other you know, secondary uh, options to try to communicate with those folks. Whereas you could just use one, uh, which is text, to make sure everybody is on the same page. Mm -hmm. People are skeptical when they yeah. think about recruiting because, and, and I know this because a lot of my clients have spent way too much money on things that don't oh, yeah. work when it comes to recruiting and they're just frustrated. So um, I know there's somebody listening to this podcast saying, all right, I'm really skeptical. Phil's talking about Team Engine. I want to go check it out, but <laughs> come on. Does this does yep. this thing really work? <laughs> yeah. So what would you say to that person? Yeah, no, I absolutely and uh, I've I hear that too. Uh of course. So because we know that that's been the experience for so many folks, they've uh you know, they've been promised a lot. Like this is the job board that has all the drivers you're looking for has, you know, all the folks that have this license, you know, we have the biggest audience for this and whatever. And then, you know, people sign up for it, uh, it doesn't deliver. So what we specifically do is we've approached uh, this by trying to make it as low cost as possible for folks to see if Team Engine will actually work for them. So the first piece of that is that we do offer a free trial. So folks can actually kick the tires on Team Engine, uh, see if it's going to really be a solution for them. Because, you know, like I mentioned, um, there is no silver bullet. Uh, also, the problems that people are encountering that are resulting in their people, you know, not having enough people 
situation are different. And so uh, we also want to make sure that we are going to be a solution for folks. So that's what that trial is all about. Uh, but then also uh, we help folks set up the trial. So uh, not only are you going to get to use it, but you know, you're know you going to have uh, a lot of help in getting spun up on it. Uh, and we specifically have designed it to make it really easy for folks to get going on it. Uh, you know, we basically get folks trained up on it and using it and good to go in 30 minutes. Mm, so nice. uh, we've taken that approach. And then even then, if you do get to the end of the trial and you decide to move forward, we offer uh, a month to month option. So uh, even once you've decided to become a subscriber, if you uh, at any point uh, decide that it's not something that's really going to be a fit for you, uh, you're not locked in. Uh, mm -hmm. So you can, at that point, decide not, not to continue. So we've just tried to uh, make it as easy of, a, of an experience to find out if it is going to be something that works for mm -hmm. folks as possible. Yeah, good. I love the free trial. Love the help. Um, is that just on your website? Is that available on your website? The free yeah, trial? So, yeah, so if folks uh, are interested, uh, you, can, you can definitely email me. Um, uh, that's, that's an option. And uh, my email is pretty easy. It's Carlos at teamengine.io. The .io is an important one. <laughs> uh, so teamengine.io, or you can go to the website, uh, which again is, uh, teamengine.io. And then there's a, a button to fill out a form to, to start a free trial. And then we'll be in touch and get you on a call to set everything up. Cool. All right. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so I had a question about the month to month. So I would, I would imagine yep. you probably have some people who feel like, well, I'll just, um, you know, I'll get set up. I'll use, I'll use team engine for a while because I have yep. a big hiring need in the spring or the yep. winter or whatever it is. And then there's three months where I'm not going to use it. So I'm going to switch it off. Is that a good thing? Do you encourage that? Is that a bad thing? Because in my mind, if, the, in the situation we're in, I feel like companies just need to be recruiting all the time and yeah. unless it costs a fortune. Like I would just keep yep. the pedal down and just always be out there. Yep. So to me, it doesn't make sense to start and stop, but do you have people doing that? And would you, what would you say to someone who is considering that? Yeah. So we, we do have people that do that and, uh, we provide that flexibility. So, uh, you know, far be it for me to say that they can't, but what I agree with what you said, which is that even if you're not in, you know, super uh, intense hiring mode, there's a lot of value that the software brings uh, that is going to be relevant during that time. And even if you're not in super intense hiring mode, realistically, you should be getting uh, in front of those same audiences that I discussed earlier, just to make sure that you're in as good a position as possible for uh, you know, when the season starts again. So yes, it's an option, but, uh, you know, folks who are really using the software to its full potential, uh, continue using it year round. Yeah. Cool. Can you tell us a quick story of, uh, one of your customers, kind of what were they, what they were doing before they got involved with team engine and kind of what kind of success they might be having now a case study, if you will. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, this is one where I don't without really naming names. Good... <laughs> you don't have to name names, or maybe yeah. not even a specific customer. Just in general, like what's the general experience been? What kind of 
what kind yeah. of, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot as far as well, yeah, you, yeah. Know, and, you know, quantifiable <laughs> metrics or anything, but just like what, what's been the experience? Like what, what have people tried and then what, what are they seeing differently with, with team engine? Yeah. So I think that a lot of folks, of course, they've tried all the different job boards. Uh, they may have some kind of like HR software um, or, you know, payroll system that, does some hiring stuff uh, and or communication stuff. And so um, we sort of operate at this intersection between a lot of those existing categories. So, you know, we naturally encounter a lot of skepticism when we start to talk to people because uh, like you mentioned, they think they've tried everything. Um, and what we found is that at one of the things that really resonates with people is the problem is like our articulation of the problem that they have and that yeah they they do see all these ways that the things that they've tried do not actually work for their workforce and their context so um you know we work with a lot of hr managers a lot of owners a lot of operations managers we work with a lot of you know uh, general admin people the front desk person who is managing this kind of stuff day to day uh, and you know in many cases may think that there actually is no solution to the problem mm -hmm. uh, but in the course of the trial um, you know it really only takes them a couple of days to see mm -hmm. how their experience changes that really you know they, they have time. applicants well yeah. yeah because if you get if you're getting an, your job up uh, you should realistically be getting applicants within a you know a day or a couple of days and then as soon as you're getting applicants you're potentially having folks uh, re responding to automated text messages um, and getting them scheduled for interviews and that's a process that in many of these companies could take you know three five seven days to go through that entire cycle which um, you know happens really really quickly mm -hmm. in the software so that's, I think, you know, a pretty big wow moment for folks. But then one thing that we also often see on the trial is uh, you can uh, upload, you know, some employees into the system or a subset of employees into the system. And we specifically ask that you include start dates. And when you do that, um, that means that the software is able to automate sending of different types of messages uh, that you can set up, including work anniversaries. And it's not unusual for us to see that folks go into the trial and then, you know, day three of the trial, day four of the trial, one of their employees is getting a message saying, hey, you've, you know, this is your work anniversary. We really appreciate having you and for all you've done. And then there's an exchange that happens there. Um, you know, oh, I totally would have missed that, you know, uh, thanks so much. How long has it been now? Oh, it's been you know, 25 years. Oh, I would have thought it was 24. And, you know, that also provides a pretty immediate wow moment for the fact that this goes beyond uh, not just getting people in the door, but making it clear that uh, this is a, you know, that employer is somebody that employee should stay with. Okay. What didn't we cover? We covered a lot of ground here. Um, anything else in the toolbox yeah. you want to talk about specifically? I'm, I'm sure there's lots of you know, mm -hmm. we could spend stay on the phone here for hours and do a full demo and everything, but uh, <laughs> we're not we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, I think the one other thing I would just say about uh, 
you know, the product is especially around, you know, communication with the workforce. There's just so many different situations that uh, where companies run into inefficient communication. And it could be things as big as, you know, just trying to get feedback on safety, uh, which is a huge topic, uh, uh, which I could probably go into a whole <laughs> additional, uh, you know, podcast about the inefficiencies around how, you know, companies mm-hmm. are currently so uh, assessing um, to things as like, you know, seemingly insignificant, but very frustrating. Like, hey, we have we're getting new uniforms for everybody. I need everybody's sizes. Uh, and then how do we go out and get all that information? Um, so there's just, you know, a really, really long list of ways that companies use the software uh, to just make their people operations go better. Uh, and it's, you just really have to kind of see it and use it for yourself to, to get an appreciation for it. Cool. Carlos, thank you so much. I'm really excited to have everyone check out Team Engine at teamengine.io. Last chance. Thanks for coming on, brother. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Awesome. I appreciate it. And uh, grateful for everything your uh, listeners do. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Snowfighters Institute podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, become a subscriber today so you won't miss any future episodes. And don't forget to check out our upcoming events at snowfightersinstitute.com. Now go forth.